For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Yeshua, the Creator of Heaven and Earth. This is part two of the series. Now, it is through the term Elohim that the Limitless One, Ein Sof, reveals himself to a physical or a finite world. From the book Messiah, Volume 3 by Avi ben Mordecai, page 104. So how is it that we living in a created world can know the one who is limitless and without definition? Can we know him? Well, the answer is yes, but the way we know him is through the attributes of the limitless one, the attributes of Ein Sof, expressed through the term Elohim. Now, if we look at Elohim in Hebrew and add up the numerical value of Elohim, we're going to see that it's equivalent to the Hebrew word for nature. They're both going to have a numerical value of 86. And therefore, we can draw an association to understanding what Elohim is communicating to us about Ein Sof. The Hebrew gematria for Elohim is the sum of the Hebrew letters Aleph, Lamed, He, Yod, and Mem, and it produces a numerical value of 86. If we look at the Hebrew word for nature, Ha Teva, it also has a numerical value of 86. It consists of the Hebrew letters He, Tet, Bet, and Ayin. Therefore, the numerical value is 86. So Elohim is going to be a associated with the limitless one revealing himself through nature, through what we see is the result of a physical world that gets created. And in looking at nature, not everyone in the created world is going to have a full revelation of who it is that actually created the world. And so this concept is associated with the word Elohim. But But the full revelation and the full understanding by the creation and of man of who the creator is, that is associated with the term yod Hey vav Hey. The creation is meant to reveal Ein Sof to a finite world. And thus we can 
understand Romans chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 where it is written, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, and that is referring to him as Ain Sof, are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. That's the physical world through the concept of Elohim in creating the world, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they, those human beings who are living in the created world, are, by seeing the physical world, without excuse that there is a creator in the universe. From the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim on page 12, he explains the following. The term or the title Elohim actually refers to the finite reflection of Ain Sof. So the term Elohim is an image or a blueprint of Ain Sof. And this image of Elohim serves as the blueprint for man. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. Genesis chapter 1 1 it is written in the beginning Elohim created the heaven and the earth. Then we look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 it says so Elohim created man in his own image. In the image of Elohim created he him. Male and female created he them. So man is made in the image of Elohim who is the expressed image of Ain Sof. From the book Messiah volume 3 page 101 by Avi Ben Mordecai he explains this concept how Elohim is the image of Ain Sof. Since man has definable attributes or characteristics and is made in the image of Elohim then this means that Elohim must also have definable attributes, boundaries, limitations, and characteristics. It is therefore logical to conceive that Elohim is a definable image of something else that is undefinable or Ain Sof. This is what Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 is explaining. Regarding Yeshua, it is written of him in these verses. Colossians 1.15 says, regarding Yeshua, who is the image of the invisible God. And that's referring, the invisible God is referring to Ain Sof. The image of the invisible God is the firstborn of every creature. And it's through the image of the invisible God that the world was created. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So obviously, Paul had this concept of creation in the Hebraic explanation of creation because this is what he is referring to in Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 and he's tying this Hebraic understanding of creation and how Ain Sof can reveal himself in a physical world in associating it to Yeshua and who he is. Now let's try to understand how the 
world was created by looking at a picture. And we're going to begin by representing the infinite universe as a circle. And this example comes from the book Messiah, volume 3, page 108 by Avi Ben Mordecai. And then once we begin with the circle representing the infinite universe, we then proceed on to the following concept that from this circle within the circle, which is in our example is going to represent the infinite universe. There's going to be a space within this infinite universe, which in human terms is best likened to contain within a woman is a womb. And this is where creation is going to take place. So I refer to this event in the description of it as the womb of creation from the book Messiah volume three by Avi Ben Mordecai page 108. He explains, Zimzum, which means contraction, when Ain Sof compressed some of his infinite essence into himself, he formed a vacuum, or you might think of it as a black hole, much like a womb within himself. This womb was to be the place that he would come to form all of creation. Without this newly vacated space that he brought into existence, there could be no creation because he fills all in all. But because of the infinite eternal light wanted to reveal himself, he had to first take a part of himself out to make room for what he was about to put in. So this visually can be represented this way. We have the circle which represent the infinite universe and contained within itself is a vacuum, a space, a black hole, a womb from Messiah volume three by Avi Ben Mordecai page 109. From the same book, the same page, it is stated or explained with Zimzum, Ain Sof made a dedicated space where the mystical, invisible, infinite light was no longer actively involved. In this womb, Ain Sof willed to make his creation or the physical world. Now, here is the interesting part. Since man is considered to be a little world in Jewish thought, a small world or concealment made in his image, it makes sense that a woman who is taken out of a man is built with a vacated space within her own body in order to bring forth creation. So in understanding how creation happened through understanding how a woman is made, we know that the woman is not in the womb, but the womb is in the woman. So the physical world is a part of the one who created created the world. So the purpose of this black hole or this womb was to have a space where Ain Sof can conceal himself with the ultimate goal that in the fullness of time, he's going to reveal himself to his created world. From the book Messiah, volume three, page 109, Ain Sof has gone to the extent of concealing a part of himself in order to reveal a part of himself through the intricate shaping of a womb for his creation. So once he does this, what happens? Well, that's where we have Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. This would then be a pictorial representation of this. We have the circle representing the infinite universe and contained within the infinite universe is a part of Ain Sof, a womb from which he's going to bring forth creation. But in order to do it, he is light and so 
light has to come into the the womb, the black hole. And this light then is referred to as the light of Ain Sof. And alternatively, it's referred to as the light of the Messiah. From Avi ben Mordecai's book, Messiah, volume 3, page 110, he explains how the light of Ain Sof is associated with the womb of creation. Following the creation, the black hole or vacated space brought about when the eternal infinite light of Ain withdrew part of its light from within itself was the manifestation of a brilliant line of high intensity spiritual light. As that light emerged in the womb, it came as a blinding infinite flash like lightning and it had great force associated with it. This line of light is referred to as the light of Ain Sof. This light of Ain Sof is referred to by the rabbis as the light of Messiah. From the book Messiah Volume 3 by Avi ben Mordecai, page 111, he explains, with the resulting entry of the light of Ain Sof into his self-generated womb or vacated space, there was brought about a blinding explosion in formation of a sphere of pure spiritual energy. At this stage of the creation, Ain Sof had brought about from within himself a pattern for the rest of his work. The line of light was the light of Elohim, also called the light of Messiah, the aged one and the white head referred to in Daniel chapter 7 verses 9 through 13. Now referring to the Midrash Rabbah, Genesis 2, 4, it is explained what was hovering over the mass of darkness in the creation? It was the spirit of Elohim understood by the rabbis as being the light and spirit of the Messiah. So it is written in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 if we look at that verse, Genesis in chapter 1 in verse 2, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of Elohim moved upon the face of the water. And the Midrash Rabbah explains that the spirit of Elohim that hovered alludes to the spirit of the Messiah as it is written in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2, and the spirit of Yahweh shall rest upon him. Now, this light filled the black hole of creation. From the book Messiah, volume 3 by Avi ben Mordecai, page 112, he explains, it was in this mystical womb that all creation began. When Ain So forced a thread of his blinding pure energy and light through the darkness where it would then emerge as a sphere of perfect hidden light, displacing the darkness in the same way that turning on a light switch displaces the darkness in a pitch black room. Coming out of eternal light and passing through the darkness of the womb, the line of light exploded into a sphere of supernal light in the middle of the womb. This was the light of Elohim or the light of Messiah. Now this would represent a pictorial representation of this description and this is given to us in the book Messiah volume 3 page 114 by Avi ben Mordecai. Now it is with this background that we could understand then John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 
where it is written, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word here is referring to Yeshua, the Messiah. Regarding the Word who was in the beginning, it says in verse 3 that all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, with what we've covered so far, we should be able to understand not only John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, but what John is explaining in verse 18, where he writes, no man has seen God at any time. That's referring to Ain Sof. And that is what's stated as well in the Zohar. And then John 1, 18 goes on to explain that it's the only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the Father, and this could be understood as the light of Ain Sof, because it was the light of Ain Sof that was the light that penetrated the womb of creation. And it's this light that declares Ain Sof to that physical world. Now, from the Sanchino Zohar to Exodus, it's going to give an explanation of Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, where it is written, let there be light, and there was light. Why, it may be asked, was it necessary to repeat the word light in this verse? The answer is that the first light refers to the primordial light. From the art scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 40, the rabbis explained that no human could gaze on that primordial light. The light that was created that day was so exceedingly intense that no human being could gaze upon it. The rabbis teach that that primordial light, because no human could gaze upon it, it then got stored away for the righteous. And this is explained in the Sanchino Zohar to Genesis, where it is written, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. This is the supernal primordial light. When this light shone on what was below, its radiance spread from one end of the world to the other. But when it observed the sinners of the world, it hid itself away. Continuing on in the Sanchino Zohar to Exodus or Shemot, in speaking about this primordial light that's stored away for the righteous, goes on to say, for in spreading radiance on all things, the primordial light as it shone forth on all sides also shot forth sparks. When it was established, God stored it away. For whom? He stored it away for the righteous. From the Sanchino Zohar to Exodus in explaining Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 let there be light and there was light said Rabbi Jose that light was hidden and kept in store for the righteous in the world to come as already stated for it is written a light is sown for the righteous Psalm 97 verse 11 thus that light that functioned in the world only on the first day of creation after that it was hidden away and no longer seen that is in this physical world. Now, since this light was hidden away for the righteous, we're going to see that this is how the new heavens and the new earth, specifically the new Jerusalem, is described for us in the Brit HaRashah in Revelation chapter 21. Now, in the Art Scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 380, the rabbis explain that they believe that there is a heavenly Jerusalem or there is a Jerusalem on high. This heavenly Jerusalem or the Jerusalem on high 
time is spoken of in Hebrews in chapter 12, verse 18 and verse 22, where it is written, you've not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burn with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, but you've come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So this heavenly Jerusalem is referred to as the heavenly Mount Zion. This is what's being described in Revelation chapter 21 in verse 23, that the city, speaking of the new Jerusalem, had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So that light that was stored away for the righteous, we see being described for us in Revelation 21, being associated with the new Jerusalem. The next thing we need to understand and looking at the Hebraic view of creation is once this light penetrated the black hole or the womb of creation with the ultimate desire to bring about a physical world, that light, the light of Ein Sof, was so strong, so powerful that that which was there to receive that light could not hold it. And so the vessels that were meant to hold the light couldn't hold it. It was too much electricity. The power was too high. And so thus we have the shattering of the vessels. And we see that the shattering of the vessels then created an opportunity for those shattered vessels to be restored or to be put back to its original state. And so we see then that in creation, we have this concept of something breaking and then something is to be restored from the breaking. So we have in creation, the principle of exile, the breaking in redemption, the restoration or the repairing, which the Hebrew term for this is tikkun. This is explained by Abi ben Mordecai in the book Messiah, volume three, page 159, that according to the Jewish teaching, after Ein Sof performed Zimzum, and that was the contraction or the creating of the vacated space and withdrew a part of himself into himself, creating this black hole or womb, his perfect and all-powerful line of light rushed into the cavity of the vacated space and created vessels that would contain the light of the newly emerging Sephiroth. Some of the vessels, presumably made out of thicker spiritual light, were unable to comprehend such intense spiritual energy since they were made to only receive and not give and thus they shattered into tiny pieces called shells or husks and as a result we have a principle that the darkness cannot comprehend the light of creation so in describing that the word created the heavens and the earth and in John 1 4 in him was life and the life was the light of men it then says in John chapter 1 verse 5 and the light shines in darkness and the darkness or there was a part of the creation that could not comprehend the light. It could not receive. It could not contain the high energy of that light of Ein Sof. From the book Messiah, Volume 3 by Avi ben Mordecai, page 160, he explains that here the Brit Hadashah, or the New Covenant, echoes the Genesis account telling us that the vessels created to receive the light of Ein Sof were not able to understand or comprehend the light, meaning that they could not contain the birth
burst of light emerging from the original Adam Kadmon. Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject, Yeshua, the creator of heaven and earth. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.